Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink focused podcast and we are thrilled to be sponsored this week by North Lake Tahoe. North Lake Tahoe is the ultimate location for your next winter getaway. From big mountain skiing and riding to sledding with the family, there's playful terrain for every type of adventure. North Lake Tahoe is home to a variety of unique towns and offers lodging options ranging from laid back to luxurious. Visit gotahonorth.com slash San Diego to book your trip today. I'm Erin Chambersmith with San Diego Magazine. I've got Troy Johnson here. Who is weeping openly because Arch Naram is leaving us. (gasps) I was kind of just trying to pretend that wasn't (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. We have one more episode. I'll leave after the next Oh my God, you can't leave. Everybody, Arsha Ram is leaving. We would like protests. We would like uh, maybe barricades around her front door. Um, I'll give you her address. I want to feel loved. I prefer to say she's spreading her wings and flying into the next adventure. Okay, Robert Frost. She's not leaving. Well, you are, but... I'm I'm road tripping around the Western U.S. for about nine months to a year with my dog and my husband, and we're going to freelance along the way and just see a chunk of the country we have not seen before, do some camping, do some airbnb My God, Archna Gump or I know, with you. Take me with you. That's all I have to say. I mean, I'm pretty soon I'm going to be jobless without a steady income and health insurance, so it's not all rainbows and butterflies. But your rent is a campsite in a car. Yeah. All yeah. Good. Yeah. It's adventure, and I'm excited for it. I'm super sad to leave the podcast. My of course, own. I'm sad to leave the magazine. The podcast has been really fun, but it's not over yet. I have one more episode after this. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. We won't get too yes. deep into it we'll start yeah. crying next episode yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, cry next time i want to yes. pre-cry okay 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 got okay. it um that is archana ram <laughs> <laughs> our the senior editor at tanning magazine she edits all the stuff that troy writes uh and just is keeps track of the restaurant scene and we have david martin here as always david produces this podcast and if you'd like to sponsor it we can go mobile we can come to your place uh-huh. um we can facebook live wing it's over there showing you all what we're doing here and if you want to be in the background of that um on all of our social things anyway those are things we can do and david can help you with that so give him a buzz at San Diego Magazine. In case you haven't listened to our show, um, we have a great one coming up. We have a great special guest. We have Mo Gurton here, one of the pioneers of the Hillcrest restaurant scene. We're going to chat with her uh, coming up in a little bit. Uh, we always start with hot plates, though, news on the restaurant scene. Archana is going to take us into that. And we do have a hot topic. Um, a new ranking has come out about the most vegan-friendly or vegany cities across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and San Diego is on the list somewhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we will discuss that. Absolutely. Um, Troy's been out trying soup dumplings. We will discuss I, that. Yeah. Oh, with yeah. Mogerton coming up, um, one of the San Diego Magazine issues from many years ago is one of the most commonly stolen items at one of her restaurants. We learned this yes. before we started taping, really? so we'll talk about that <laughs> and the lengths they had to go to to protect it because she just loved it so much. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's a good show. We always end with our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. So Archie, take us away. Tell us what's up with Hot Plates. Definitely the biggest opening is Fort Oak in Mission Hills. The mm. team behind Trust and 100 Proof has opened this up. It's on Fort Stockton and Hawk. Right, mm-hmm. and we had the first look on it, so Troy has the full story on it. It's beautiful. Oh my it gosh, it is. It is gorgeous. You know what I like about it the most? So, if you don't know Trust, Trust in the last like three years has emerged into one of like it's a sleeper hit for the best restaurant in San Diego. Everybody, well, you must know, and Hillcrest, oh, everyone's just loving that place. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's a great restaurant, and you know they have one of the partners used to come from Addison and Vegas. He's a th- like a high end four star five diamond service guy, right? So the front of the house. To do Fort Oak, they actually attached washers to string and walked it around the place to make sure that every line was perfect. 
you know? So they have this real high-end approach to actually hospitality, Mm -hmm. but they don't do it stuffy. They're like, you know, the owner basically said, he's like, look, I want to do fine dining until I did fine dining, and it sucked the soul out of me, you know? So they take that the best parts of fine dining and put it in a more casual experience over in Fort Oak. And and Mission Hills has always been like a sleeper, you know? It's a beautiful part of the city, but all the action was over in Hillcrest. It was in North Park, and there's Mm -hmm. there's some stuff over there. But I think Fort Oak is really going to bring some traction to that neighborhood. It should be awesome. I drove by a couple days ago, and it was packed. Where is it? Is it where Espresso Mio was? No. No. It's it's Goldfinch. Is like the main drag with a lot of restaurants, yeah. like the Patio and Goldfinch, Brooklyn Girl, and it's parallel to that on in the corner old of Ford, Ford dealership. You know, mm-hmm. they've got this round build part of the Ford dealership that looks like it was built in the Space Age, oh. and they put a bar in it. They preserved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it even says it on the front, like something oh, with the cool. auto, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it in that Siegel building? That yes. bar is separate in the front, right? The, the bar is separate in the front. Yeah, that's not Ford. So it's like this Space Age little old school dealership, and then they they have this massive kitchen. They have a seven thousand pound grill that they're putting in there because they're known for live fire cooking, ancient mm-hmm. cooking. Everything's like wood fired. You know, a lot of restaurants will actually say on their menu this is wood fired they don't because everything is wood fired they had to get a crane to get that thing in there and as they're bringing the crane down the crane operator is like hey what's underneath where we're putting it and he's like uh a parking garage and they're like oh shit you might want to call out the structural engineer because this might actually cave in the floor what? and the ground and go through to the parking garage oh my God. they had to call in the, the structural engineer who gave it the thumbs up and they were able to put it down but 7,000 pound grill is going to be running that thing it's going to be awesome is that um, parking structure for restaurant patrons or for residents no idea <laughs> okay I just would recommend everybody ride share or ride a bike or something over there because parking is getting nuts in that it, part of Michigan because there's great restaurants and there's no they're not really a lot of paid parking I just, and there's just street parking and stuff so just take a take an Uber or take a lift. yeah I just spent a week in Convoy and if you want to talk about parking it's an endangered species over there <laughs> mm-hmm. right God. right ride a bike take a lift okay Sister Ray's oh I saw this on Eater yes so um, Sister Ray's has opened in Sherman Heights if you're not familiar it's 25th and Market and it's interesting it's a collaboration between the Balboa famous for their burgers and Luigi's Pizzeria it's a great name I love that yeah, name. yeah. and they have a you cute know, little an, nun for the logo okay trivia do you know what Sister Ray's is what's mm. a reference to it's the old Velvet Underground song. Oh, really? Yeah, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground song. And these are two of the, I mean, like, this is like a um, a hipster super duo, you mm-hmm. know, that, that's teamed up on this. The Balboa being one of the most, like, famous f- former punk rock place that does amazing burgers. Luigi's doing really good thin-style crust pizza up in Golden Hill. You know, the fact that these two are teaming up, it's just, I mean, like, birds are chirping, love's being made. It's pretty cool, and I talked to Tom from the Balboa, and he told me he lived in Sherman Heights and Golden Hill between the two neighborhoods for about a decade, and he recently moved out, so he's really excited to be back there. And Luigi's, as you might know, has locations in Golden Hill and North Park and Imperial Beach, and their focus at Sister Ray's is actually, the most popular thing is the chili dog. And they also have burgers, but you can actually make the entire menu vegan, which was a fun fact he told me. Oh, wow. They have impossible meats there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be doing, um, it's the same patty. It's different burgers as they want to like just you know be creative for the new space. Mm-hmm. But it's the same patty and the same bun from the Balboa. Which, oh, right, Mo? Have you had it? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so good. Okay, well, Sister Ace is open now, yes. Um, in case you guys are listening and getting worried about writing all this stuff down or forgetting it, keep in mind that Archana keeps a blog at sandiegomagazine.com. And there's a post for every episode of the podcast. And she takes notes as we're talking and makes sure to link to everything so you guys 
guys can find all this stuff. Yep. Uh, what's next? What's going on in Mr. A's building? So we've known that there was an Italian concept coming to the base of the Mr. A's building, and we knew that the Civico 1845 brothers, they have a restaurant in Little Italy. We knew they were behind it, but we didn't know the name. Now the name is out there. It's called Il Dandy. And those brothers from Chivico are partnering with California's first Italian Michelin-rated chefs. It's a father and son duo. And if you're wondering what Il Dandy means, I was wondering too. Mm -hmm. It refers to dandyism. Duh, I guess. Well, obviously, the way I'm dressed obviously. in a t-shirt, I don't really fit I was going to say, is that a Troy Johnson kind yeah, of a term? No. Or? If Troy Johnson is a self-made man who embodies refinement, elevation, and cultural curiosity. I mean, completely. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, definitely culturally sure. curious. Yes. Um, the menu is going to be all Southern Italian food. There's going to be Italian aperitifs. And it's opening this spring. So you'll see it be the build-out happening at the base of the Mr. A's building. Yeah, I mean, this is a big year. There's three Michelin star chefs coming to San Diego. I mean, Michelle Prente, I got to give her a shout out for the Union Tribune. She just did a story on all the Michelin star chefs coming in here. Okay. You know, and um, it, it's it's fascinating. You know, we have a Korean born pro, uh, former pro snowboarder. I forget the name of him off the top of my head, but he's opening up a restaurant in downtown and we're getting these guys and there's one other. I mean, it's going to be a massive year for San Diego. In Akira Back. Akira Back. That's the Michelin star chef coming downtown. Downtown. Exactly. So he does like a Korean influenced um, American French food I mean so everybody get out and go to these places because I always worry we get here. fancy chefs they come here they open something it's amazing for a year and then they all move to Encinitas and make pizza or something <laughs> I feel like they get into it and then they start living here and they're like oh I don't even have to do this anymore I can just make pizza and everyone's happy this or go up to Napa right there's a whole bunch up there in a very small amount yes of, space right. <laughs> it's like they get here all excited i'm gonna bring michelin food to san diego and then san diego kind of is fine with whatever <laughs> that <laughs> brings me to my next point i have to jump ahead to this hot topic that hidden fish it's an omakase only restaurant in kearney mesa troy is reviewing it for our february issue omakase means what exactly i'll leave it to you leave it to you yeah basically leave it to the chef he will decide he or she will decide your menu it's mostly he I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a female um, sushi sure. chef uh, but he will you know he basically look at his sushi case and decide what's the freshest and he'll just make each piece of nigiri or hand rolls or whatever it is you know every like 18 courses or 12 courses or something like that and just got mentioned in the New York Times yeah and I just thought it was interesting um, because the the story opens up saying deep in the blue collar San Diego neighborhood of Kearney Mesa blah 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 would you say Kearney Mesa's blue collar um, yeah, I, would, I definitely okay. would say Kearney Mesa's blue collar. I mean, it's always been, it's a center of the city. You know, it doesn't have like a, a Talmadge. It doesn't have like a Kensington. It doesn't really have, it's not like big homes or anything like that. Like most, a lot of my friends who, yeah, are not making tons of money. That's where they could find houses for mm -hmm. the kids. And what I thought was interesting is they say in San Diego, where the California role still reigns supreme, Mr. Hong, he's the chef oh, and owner there, on. says he knows he has to be careful with how much he pushes his guests. And then the chef says, the hardest part is planning the daily menu. I'd love to play with live abalone or serve fresh live octopus, but there are people who would get scared off by that. It's all baby yeah, steps. Yeah, there's such nuance to that that people what don't get. What do you think of his being cautious with the San Diego diner? I understand being cautious, but yeah. in terms of, I don't, did the um, writer, did John actually say that this is the home of the California role? The I writer said the writer, that. I, I, the that, writer did. Now that is ignorance based on, I And I looked up where the writer's from and no San Diego connection that I could find. It, it's ignorance bordering on bullshit. You know, I mean, like San Diego has for a long time some of the best seafood on the planet. 
I mean, and we are since we're such a coastal city and we're a healthier city. Sushi's been our go-to since the '80s and '90s. You know, I mean, we're not a California rule. I mean, Omaha is a, a California rule. You right. know, or whatever. You know, like someplace that's not coastal and it's, uh, sushi is a, still a relatively like new or weird or thing. You know, I mean, San Diego is like the home of raw seafood. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I don't know hardly anyone that eats California rolls anymore. Yeah. So many amazing sushi restaurants in the city. And just seafood in general. I mean, based on our last podcast we had with mm-hmm. Rob Ruiz, I feel like if anything that we could be called somewhat sophisticated in knowing about and or demanding, I would say it's seafood. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I believe... Or tacos. Maybe tacos more, but I don't know. Yeah. How about seafood tacos? There you go. The fish tacos. <laughs> there it is. Together. There it is. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll link to that New York Times story so you can read it for yourself. Okay. Um, elsewhere in Westfield UTC, we have another opening, Javier's. It's an upscale Mexican restaurant that first started in LA that is now open. You've probably seen it being built out. God, the sign has been up for like a two yeah. years or something. Mm-hmm. It's finally open. It's right near Larson's Steakhouse. Yeah, I mean, well, I just went to Din Tai Fung, which is, you know, as part of my search for the best soup dumplings, Xiao Lan Bao's in San Diego. I mean, it is, UTC is crazy now. You have to pay for parking there. Parking comes back in every podcast okay. and there it is. To pay for parking now. You know, but I mean, it really is. I mean, they, they have just transformed that place. I mean, it's basically like a Disneyland for eateries. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, Fashion Island did uh, did that mm-hmm. up in, you know, up north. You know, I think it's in Orange County, Fashion mm-hmm. Island. They brought in it's all like these. Newport, off the coast of Newport. Yeah, mm-hmm. big, big name chefs and everything else. I mean, look, retail's dead. Amazon is sucking up one retail business by the next every two minutes, you right. know. So, I mean, the only way you have people going to a mall is for restaurants and Javier's is obviously a really really big name hmm. and I, I personally would I go to go to the mall to eat Javier's for Mexican food probably not I, I don't know anything I've have yeah. never heard of Javier's is it a big deal in LA it's yeah it's, it's, it's been an icon forever oh okay yeah. well good luck to them <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I mean what I don't know anything about it okay <laughs> <Move on. laughs> can't wait for them to host us yeah I mean you know no they probably should so we could learn and yeah, tell people true. about it Okay, what else? We got another Vegas yeah, takeover Yeah, so this something? is kind of what? crazy. So Click Hospitality from Las Vegas, um, they were the ones who did the Lionfish at the Pendry Hotel and the food concepts at the Pendry Hotel downtown. They're doing a lot of takeovers. First up is the Hotel Del Coronado. They're taking over 1500 Ocean and turning it into a seafood restaurant called Soraya Troy, mm-hmm. you, is that he's what I, I think is Patrick so. gone? I I don't know if Patrick's gone. As Patrick a, as a, Ponsetti, Patrick Ponsetti is one of the better is chefs. He, uh, Master I French. don't know. I just oh. know that Jojo Ruiz from Lionfish, previously at Ironside, is coming in. I don't think you can have those two guys share the billing. No, Patrick moved on to be the um, executive chef of the entire property of, of oh, Hotel Del. Okay. So I think he may be me safe. I have to check in on that. But it, it sounds like there's big changes. They've struggled with that restaurant for a long time. And a lot of be quite honest with you, every chef that I've talked to is because it's because it's union. You know, and there's a lot of staff in the kitchen that is not up to the task, but they cannot get rid of them. You know, I, it's really hard to change over staff when when the staff is union. Huh. You know, so I, chef after chef that I've talked to is like, oh my god, I can't. I just, I, I, I can't change. But I mean, that food that we had there, mm-hmm. whenever we taped that podcast Patrick in the Ponsetti's summer, food it was, was the best. It was like wowie zowie. Yeah. It was yeah. wowie zowie, <laughs> wowie zowie. Looking and yeah. tasting that lemon dessert that looked like a lemon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the most beautiful and properties in the world. And that caviar thing with the egg. I mean, remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Wow. But I mean, not that these guys won't be good, but just like I a mean, lot Jojo's of turnover. I mean, JoJo's great, so I'm sure. It'll be just fresh, and I think the Hotel Del could use some freshening. Well, like they say, that you know, 
can't have too many co- uh, cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's probably just one. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Especially so. when they're a name, you yes. know. Yes. Yeah, yes. no, they don't They don't play well in a bucket. No, they don't. Mm-mm, crabs mm-hmm. in a bucket. <laughs> so that's coming in May, and they're going to do a whole design revamp to go along with it. But Click is also partnering with the Saquon Casino, and they're opening three new concepts. So there's going to be a classic steakhouse called Bull and Bourbon. There's going to be a cocktail lounge that's illicit, that's what it's called, and retreat pool and cabanas. And that's going to have two pools, a lazy river, cabanas, and a poolside bar menu of mojitos and champagne cocktails. Wowzers. And this got cut off here. Oops. But I, I can tell you that in other Saquon news, they are actually open up, opening up this their own marketplace. It's called The Uncommons. And it's Lucha Libre, Hodad's, Luna Grill, um, Phil's Barbecue. This marketplace opening up in March. And I just feel like Saquon. It's almost man. like a food hall. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like the greatest halls. hits of San Diego wow. restaurants. You know, that's what I thought that they, that they should have done with um, the all police headquarters. I would have liked yes. to see like yes. a Mr. A's to go, a, I, a sushi cool. Ota like hand roll place, yes. a, all the classic restaurants. For all the convention like, people that just come yeah, zip through. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So. Interesting. A lot going on at Saquon. I got to go out there and check it out. And then this crazy news shocked me. Joe Magnanelli, he's worked at Urban Kitchen Group, so that's Cucina Urbana, Cucina Nateco. For a long time. For a dozen years. He is now moving over as executive chef and partner at Anime, which is Brian Malarkey's Asian-inspired mm. restaurant that's coming later this spring downtown in that really fancy Pacific Gate Bosa building. Brian Malarkey ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Brian's a, I mean, that's crazy. Brian's a, Brian's a friend, and you know, we do stuff together on, on Food Network, but he's, he is he is building empires right now to take Joe Magnanelli is a really big move you know I mean and Joe just kind of wants a different hey look you've been around somewhere for 10 12 years as you know you've been in the industry mo for a while 18 years yes 18 years you just gotta open up a new place or move on or something like that Joe Magnanelli makes one of the best polenta plates on the planet Mm -hmm. you know he will be an amazing addition to that I wonder about his Asian influence I don't know how burst he is in Hmm. Asian food and this is going to be an Asian inspired concept but most chefs these days they dabble in a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. you know I mean there's not a cuisine on the planet that hasn't been unearthed in a cookbook or a website put out about it right and I mean if you've been doing amazing polenta for 12 years I get why maybe you'd want to switch it up like (laughs) if I make one more (laughs) damn polenta I know (laughs) okay you guys that's hot plates for this week Um, make sure you check the San Diego magazines that I know are sitting in all of your mailboxes and on all of your coffee tables because there's a hot plates column that Archana does every month Uh, and then go to sandiegomagazine.com for these particular hot plates as well as Troy's blog it's the beginning of the new year. Some people go back to the gym. Troy returns to his blog <laughs> and gives it attention again. <laughs> so there is more and better content on there for the foreseeable future. Than there will be at the end of the year. You so know, it, 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 it's, it's not like it's not like the gym. I'm not going to give it up in like two and a half hours after I've been there on January first. <laughs> you know, I, I I just you know this year I'm like you know I'm just going to use it as a writing platform and I'm really really going to overwork my for, contract. Man. I'm going to get underpaid for it. Yes, you know, it's do gonna, it. It's going to be great. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Get underpaid. Anything that puts words on that page, I am supporting. And right now, what you'll find up there is a guide to the best chow lamb bao, the best soup dumplings in town. I visited seven different restaurants, and honestly, this the results shocked me because I thought Dumpling Inn was going to win this hands down. I had to go back twice because I was like, "There's no way they're not the best," you know. And Dumpling Inn definitely was not the best, and neither was Din Tai Fung. Din Tai Fung, mm. which is world renowned for their chow lamb baos, I mean, it was a very 
good restaurant. There are ma- some amazing things on Den Tai Fung. The green beans. Um, the green beans are fantastic. And I will tell you this too about them. One of the best services I've ever seen in my life. Wow. They are on top of it. Incredible. It is a production. They uh, they bust tables like an indie car a pit crew. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really is. Well, and they really edit your order. Like I went and I had never been before, and they really were like, "Well, no, you would want this, and you're going to need one of those, and you don't mm-hmm. need that." And then get. I mean, they really kind of edit it for you mm. so That's that you cool. get a I nice. Like meal because a lot of it I mean if you don't really know that kind of food really well you don't know how much or which things go with what or whatever they were really good little editors exactly so I mean ironically about Den Tai Fung was that it was a really great restaurant the the least impressive thing was what the thing that they're known for (laughs) (laughs) oh see we I have just so many questions (laughs) anyways you can go to SC Food News right now and read that entire story about how to eat um, soup dumplings what they are what black vinegar is everything else oh I'm super excited for this all right Okay, you guys. That's hashtag, the, hashtag learning. <laughs> that's the voice of Mo Gerton, our special guest. I'd like to officially welcome you now. You're one of the pioneers of Hillcrest's Hello. restaurant scene, uh, a partner at Mo's Universe, which operates Gossip Grill, Urban Mo's, Hillcrest Brewing Company, and Baja Betty's. You're kind of, the your main thing is Gossip Grill, I know. Um, but you started your career at the Bar Flame on Park Boulevard, uh, and then moving from door girl to bartender to management. Is that true? Yeah, I started at the very, very bottom. Wow. Real quick, funny story. My first night was actually a security guard. I am not a security guard. No, you're very funny. Are you tough? Not at all. I was watching the crickets and I'm like, this is not a fit for me. And I was actually <laughs> walking inside to let the, the owner know that it would be my last night. <laughs> you know, it's just not a fit. <laughs> and this uh, other manager walked out who I hadn't met yet and she had a nice frosted mullet. Oh, it was just, it's epic. Uh, and she like, whacks me on the arm and she's like, you look like a barback. You want a barback? And I'm literally five feet away from quitting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure. And she took me right in there and started, I started training as barback. And I kept my job. And I never said a word about it until after the flame had closed. I was so quiet about it. But I, I was like this close to quitting and it would have totally changed the course of my life. I was so, going to say, I mean, wow. now, I mean, now, I mean, you're you're a, a partner, owner, uh, you're an architect of some of the, the most iconic you know, restaurants and bars yes. in, in Hillcrest. You almost would have become a banker. Absolutely. I know. <laughs> you know? Uh, I know. And I want to add in there, too, we have a fifth new restaurant inside out. Located yes. on at 1642 University Avenue. That's that big, red, big building, red building, right? Okay. Yeah. And so you're the creative director and you do the spirits and wine program there, yes. right? Yes. And we're one of the few... Uh, bars out there, restaurant bars that actually have a full Corvin program. Oh, so nice. Usually it's only the higher end rest, um, steakhouses, uh-huh. but we have a full Corvin program so we can actually serve everything by the glass. Yeah, and Corvin is, is basically that technology where they can take some, um, a little bit of a good, of really good wine out, right, without yeah. opening the bottle and getting it oxidized and everything else. So you can, instead of having to order like a thousand dollar bottle of wine, you can get like a few sips of it or whatever it yep. is for a certain amount. Yep, it puts a nice layer of gas to protect mm-hmm. it from the oxygen. Yeah. So let's say you want a um, glass of Stag's Leap or Joseph Phelps and mm-hmm. you don't want a whole bottle, you have the option to have one now. Exactly. And then the bottle, our bottle doesn't spoil for two to three years. That's so fantastic. Corvin will keep have... in for two to three years yeah. even if you're taking a little bit out at a time? Yep. Wow. You should do a roundup of all the places that do that. I know. All right. Well, there we go. I'm getting back to the bug. I'm actually leaving right now. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing before I got here, actually. <laughs> All right. Now, I want to, now, Urban Mo's, I mean, it te- seems to me that was a kind of like the, the, the epicenter of what you do, right? Yes, that's, that's Mother Earth. Uh, that's mm-hmm. like our, our mothership, as we call it. Uh, it's been around for 27 years. Right. And it's one of the top gay bars in the country. Yeah. 
Uh, so. what, what was it? Was it always Urban Mo's? No, it no, was, it was before, Hamburger it was Mary's. Hamburger Mary's. That's what it was. I used to live around the corner. I used to go there all the yes. time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, and so when did you buy that? And why did you decide to get into the Hillcrest scene? Well, that is actually the creation of Chris Shaw. Okay. Uh, so um, I think June 2nd's Chris Shaw Day. Okay. So he's got his own day. But nice. that's his thing. And then we opened Baja Betty's. Mm, uh, 15 years ago and that's where I came on with the business okay I opened Baja Betty's with them and we when we opened Baja Betty's it was actually called Margarita Mary's okay. to match up with Hamburger Mary's okay and there right. were some issues with the name and you know all that good stuff mm-hmm. ownership and blah 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 copyright and whatever so we ended up changing the name to Baja Betty's shortly after that maybe a couple years two three years we disenfranchised from Hamburger Mary's okay changed it to Urban Mo's right so Got we it. were just our own company and then after that we started adding Gossip Grill came 10 years ago, and then HBC was six years ago, and now Inside Out. And how have you seen Hillcrest change? Because I mean, I lived there, I lived in Hillcrest for, I think, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously in the 80s and 90s, it was the epicenter of uh, food. It was the Little Italy. I mean, that was where all of the good dining was in San Diego. The mm-hmm. eclectic dining, they had Afghan food, yet, you know, that was back when um, Deborah Scott had her restaurant yep. there. Yeah, Kimosin, and Re- I mean, Busalaki's, yeah. like, that was a whole era. Exactly. Now, how has it changed? Well, there's been a parking issue, and I think okay. it really has affected the restaurant, especially downtown Hillcrest, like 5th and 6th mm-hmm. area over there. By the sign. Yeah. Uh, 5th Avenue, immensely. Corvette mm-hmm. Diner, Kimo Sabi. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just been a lot of restaurants that's popped up and, and disappeared, unfortunately, or moved. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping now, we're seeing now that Uber and Lyft being much more mm-hmm. impactful on our area, that people are actually coming back to Hillcrest and eating. Okay. So with the addition of Inside Out, there's been a few new restaurants popping up that right. are higher in. Nice. And I feel like people are starting to come back mm-hmm. to the neighborhood. Yeah. It seems like more by Gossip Grill, too. Like that Park Boulevard is. side is really getting... It's I that mean, whole side. And now with the new... Um, with having trust there, too. Huge. You know, that brings in a lot. We love mm-hmm. it because it brings more people into our area for us all to play with and work with and share. Yeah, I have to run a theory by you because I had actually spoken where I was I was trying to figure out what had happened to Hillcrest. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've had a very successful run there, but mm-hmm. not all of Hillcrest has. Mm-hmm. You know, and I talked with three or four different restaurateurs. I said, What's happened to Hillcrest? I don't quite understand it. You know, and a few of them mentioned the homeless issue. Yeah. You know, they're at the park right there and there's a hospital right there. So obviously you're going to have, you know, that's where you, uh, if you're a homeless person, you want to be by a hospital, you know. Um, but you know, the, uh, the most interesting thing to me was what three independently told me gay rights. Gay rights are what happened to Hillcrest because, and their theory was this, and they, these guys have been in there for like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they said that with gay rights, you know, gay culture only felt comfortable in Hillcrest for a long time because it was persecuted and they were aggressed and everything else. And they just huddled and it was such a vibrant, great, great gay scene. Mm-hmm. And they said once people stopped being you know, jerks, you know, and, and equal rights came about, gays felt better about moving to Del Mar, about moving mm-hmm. to Ocean Beach, and they had a dissipation mm-hmm. of the gay culture. Does that ring true or no? Absolutely, 100%. And I always tell people, be careful what you ask for. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you want equal rights? Absolutely. Right. Yes, we deserve to have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, a, a lot of our guests get upset when non-LGBT people come in, mm-hmm. and they uh, we've had an incidence, a number of them, they were like, this is a gay bar, get out. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. We don't work that way. Yeah. You want to be treated equal. We treat everyone equal. Mm-hmm. And so it is definitely a balancing act mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in dealing with that and maintaining the LGBT community mm-hmm. in your bars and restaurants, but also being open and making everyone feel welcome. Yeah. Because that truly is 
important. We want to make sure everyone's welcome. And then we also see our gay clientele, our LGBT clientele, be able to go anywhere they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Where before, they couldn't. Yeah. And back when I worked for The Flame, that was kind of what started happening. The girls could only go to the, the lesbian bars and the boys only go to the boys' bars. And then the really? boys' bars... Flicks started the first girls' night out. Of okay. course, I was their bartender. No figure. <laughs> um, and we started that, and that was the first women's night outside of a, le- a lesbian bar. And then all of a sudden, the girls were like, oh, my God, we can go anywhere? <laughs> and that's what started the demise of the girls' bar, and both of them closed down within a year couple years after how, that how big of an impact was that for the community I, I know when flame you know that became starlight right no uh, that was six degrees became starlight the flame is still under construction right now it's oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sorry I yeah that, that's right okay um so when when that so the flame shut down right i mean when she how, sold yeah she sold how how big of a you know impact was that on the on the community well six degrees is still open okay and carla was done yeah. You know, so she was just, she was checked out. She's yeah. like, I'm just done. I don't want to yeah. do it anymore. Uh, she sold the numbers across the street. And at first, everyone's like, whatever. And then after Six Degrees went down, then they were like, we have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hold to them now because uh, when I opened Gossip Grill uh, almost 10 years ago, there were 12 lesbian bars in California. We are wow. the only one left no really? what? we no. are the only one left and we've actually expanded tripled our size and moved locations and thriving we're doing really well yeah. but we're not a lesbian bar we're a women's bar yeah so that okay. terminology kind of helps us out but when we opened it up the girls were like oh thank god i'm like now you have to support yeah because right, right, right. we depend on you this is your place this is catered for you so please support us. Now, why is why, why do you think that is? I mean, you go from 12 to 1. Uh, what happened? Uh, time equal rights. Yeah. You know, right, you cannot yeah. have a... A lot of those bars were amazing, great divey dyke bars. Yeah. You know, it, that mm-hmm. just doesn't exist much now. And right. the newer, the millennials and the newer generations, they don't identify lesbian. They don't mm-hmm. identify butch mm-hmm. femme. They identify queer, gay, non-gender, mm-hmm. non-binary. Um, and there's just not a really... It's not a fit for it. And being that classic lesbian bar that's kind of, I hate to say this, but kind of the man-hating bar, mm-hmm. is not in anymore. Right. So right. if you were unable to kind of change at the time, she kind of got left behind. Uh-huh. Yeah. So unfortunately, it was really sad to watch, especially Lexington up in San Francisco. It's been there for 35 years, mm-hmm. something like that, a very long time. Yeah. It was tough. And with us, it's constantly changing, making sure that we're open to everyone, but we little things like I was talking about yeah. with you guys earlier before we taped there's no picture of any male anywhere on our wall. The whole menu, the names of the menu, all the drink items cater to women. Dedication so we, to women. Yeah, yeah, so we keep those little things to make sure we stay a women's bar, yeah. even though we're open to everyone. Well, and I'm involved with the San Diego History Center, and I know mm-hmm. they have a big LGBTQ you know, exhibit right mm-hmm. now and sort of a look back. And there is something to be said for preserving just what those bars and what that culture meant at that time, even if it isn't relevant mm-hmm to today's consumer, you know, you want to make sure to preserve that and remember that somehow so that those things are, you know, not forgotten. Absolutely. I actually had someone talk to me a couple days ago and we were chatting and this particular person is trans and I was talking about the whole femme butch thing and they kind of didn't know what I was talking about. Wow. (laughs) You know, and it was just back in the day you were either femme or butch and it was really kind of before trans was, um, it's always been there, but it was mm-hmm. never really talked about. Yeah. You or know? defined and, and or defined. understood as a cultural, yeah. Right, so whether whatever your sexuality was, whether you were 
uh, or gender identification, whether you were transgender or butch, you were classified butch because mm-hmm. trans was, at that time wasn't really a big option. It's still there. There was two was cubby there. holes basically to put you in. Yeah, right. you know, two boxes. Yeah, there. <laughs> Either cut your hair and jump in the butch, or wear lipstick and go fat. Pick. Okay, well, talk about the other box. You were telling us that there's a box. What, what's in the box above the dance floor at Gossip Girl? Oh. You had to, we were talking about all the kleptomaniacs the, that are the restaurant patrons. Tell them about what people were, what you had to do. You had to put something in a box. People would stop. Yeah, we it. get a lot of stuff taken, and and <laughs> I've stopped getting mad, and I've start I started looking at it as a compliment because they want to take a piece of us home with them. Uh-huh. So I dealt with that. But we have this um, mermaid glitter mermaid um, statue type thing. It's about a foot and a half tall and about a foot wide, and we had it sat on the old bar, the old location down the street, and we actually had to booby trap it because it kept being attempted. Wait, like exploding <laughs> dollars that they, they make red paint all over? <laughs> we had a, some fishing string tied to it, but it gave just enough give to where you think you're getting away with it and you're going to run, and then it pulled it back. <laughs> so it was great, because we would all know because it would make a sound. So it lasted for a long time. It ended up getting stolen. My staff pitched it in for my 40th birthday. Oh. Um, you know, like yesterday. We'll, yeah. We won't actually throw that out how long ago that was. And bought another one. Uh, from Hawaii, right? From Hawaii, yeah. And had it shipped over. And so it is now in a plexi box, a plexi case above the dance floor. And her name is Anastasia Beaverhausen. And she's <laughs> the keeper of our dance floor. She's got a martini in her hand. And So next awesome. time you go to Gossip Girl, look up when you're dancing. Yes. And one other thing real quick about that as well that's yeah. a really kind of fun fact. Right next to that is our VIP lounge. And there is a mirrored disco ball. Mm-hmm. That is Bette Midler's disc- no. disco ball. From when she performed at Caesar's Palace, she came what? down what? on that every night. How did night. you get a hold of that? One of my business partners bought it. We had to fly to Vegas. It cost more to get the thing back yeah, than right. it was wow. to buy the thing. Mm-hmm. I hope you so have we flew out there. On that. I don't. Now that it's out there, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to booby trap that now too. <laughs> hey, you brought it up, not me. I didn't say so that. yeah, we ended up flying it out, and we had to rent a U-Haul and all this stuff. And we, everyone that's passed away in our business, all our regulars. Unfortunately, we've had there's um, suicides a big thing in the trans community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put their picture. Any guest is free to put their picture above the disco ball, so they're always a part of us. Wow! So I, yeah, I have awesome. no idea how many are up there at this point. We've been there for five years. So. Wow! Yeah. And why is why are there most so? Uh, I, I mean, it's it's always packed. It is. I mean, how have you had been able to continue that much success? I mean, is it a special night? Is it? I, I, I don't know. What is it? It's our being, and it's being part of the community. It's yeah. allowing the community to. be belong to something and giving back mm-hmm. instead of just being a brand mm-hmm. you know yes we're part, yes we're a brand but we really it's our community is our number one core value and fun mm-hmm. i was gonna say that's a fun, fun place to go it's hang so out it's like a vortex it has a heartbeat of its own it sucks you in and no one's gonna judge you know yeah. people have had too much to drink we're like head home and i usually we have tokens at gossip grill so i usually slide a little token in their pocket i'm like come see me tomorrow i'll fix your hangover <laughs> It's like we don't nice. want them to feel bad. It yeah. happens. Like right. it's like going to all you can eat buffet and not getting full. Uh-huh. You know, you're going to a bar, you're having drinks, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. No one's gonna judge. So awesome. make sure we have a good time. I want you to tell our listeners really quick, I know you have to get going, but about the Ladanian Tomlinson cover, San Diego magazine circa nineteen ninety six or something, whatever that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it it was Baja Betty's had just opened, so maybe you've been open for a year or two, and they won best taco I believe so we're looking up at the San Diego magazine wall in the conference room where we have a lot of our past issues up like we made wallpaper out of it and there's an issue with LT um eating a fish taco yeah and that's the best restaurants issue that Baja Betty's was named best new restaurant or best Mexican or something yeah something like that I think it's for best tacos, oh, best tacos. Uh, I'm not 100% sure but it's 
posted right in the middle of the wall and it's been stolen like three times. They and have that issue somehow framed. have gotten it back every time. Uh, the first time it took months and then all of a sudden someone brought it in and said, I found this. We're oh. Like, oh my God, where did you find that? <laughs> so yeah, three now, times. now they're it's like, booby trapped as well. Right, they're like, and here's your mermaid back <laughs> and the disco ball. But isn't that funny? That was framed and it was stolen three times. So you, now you said you put it high up. So yeah, people can't reach it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> too funny, too funny. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in and, and letting us just chat with you and get to know you. It's been so great. Will you hang around for the end of the show? We always, oh, I didn't do our vegan thing. San well, Diego's the 13th most vegan friendly city in the world. In the world. And fifth in the U.S. Behind uh, Portland, Seattle, L.A. Now, this does not surprise me at all because of, I mean, we are a healthy city. I mean, do you see a lot more vegan requests now? Yes, my chef hates it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she likes her fried meat. So, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've got Chuck Roast um, slow cooking right now as we speak, <laughs> so I've not taken that route yet. But, I mean, you look at how many healthy people we've got here. We've got the most triathletes in, in the world over in Encinitas. You know, I mean, it's just a, it's a fit city. And my girlfriend, Claire, moved here from New York City, and New York City has a lot of fit people, too. Is Claire vegan? Wa- no. They walk all the time. No, she's not. Okay. But she's always surprised by how fit San Diegans are. I mean, we really are like a thinner, fitter city. You know, so I, it doesn't surprise me that plant-based cuisine is taking off, and it no longer sucks. Like chefs like yours and everybody else are like, okay, fine, I'll cook it and I'll learn how to cook it well. Yep. Okay, um, we are done. That's it. We're out of time. (laughs) No, we're going to do two people 50 bucks. We always end our show with our own personal recommendations of where we've been eating and drinking lately. Why don't you start us off? Sure. What's your favorite spot? Two people 50 bucks to spend. Got it. Uh, My favorite is uh, Masita's. uh, Masita's up in um, University um, University Heights. Heights. Abyssinian Bistro. uh, Yes. Yes. That's my favorite. And what do you you usually get? Because you get the injera, injera, um, that flatbread that you you basically wipe up all the sauce with. Yes. Well, I always have to start with the beet salad. Mm -hmm. Always. And the mushrooms. But usually for a meal, we get the um, uh, beef kilowa and the uh, prawn kilowa oh, with lentils and, and veggies and it's oh Good it's one. so about, good. How about you, Troy? Where have you been lately? Um, I'll just go with the, with the story that's up on SE Food News right now. The, the um, story about the best dumplings, soup dumplings in town. And the best that I found was Facing East. Yes, they're good. Facing right? East, yeah. And I really expected dumpling in. I expected Din Tai Fung. The thing is about theirs is that they have such a deep, uh, flavorful broth. You know, a traditional Chinese Zhao Lan Bao is a very simple broth. It's just scallions and a little bit of ginger. But we're living in an age where broth has just taken off. And, you know, they're making, you know, bone broth and soup stocks and everything else. And so theirs like, was basically kind of got rid of that tradition and made this beautiful, deep, rich broth. And so there's a ton of it in that dumpling. So facing east. And you don't have to wait in line and there's parking right out front. Exactly. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I went to your, well, I know a place that you like, pomegranate. Yeah. Very good. For two people, 50 bucks. Really cozy. I went this week when it was raining with oh, another couple. Perfect. And it was just so cozy and neat. It's like Russian Georgian food and it was delicious uh-huh. and very affordable and very cozy. Loved awesome it. Awesome spot. How about you, Archie? I'm going to sell say El Carito in Barrio mm-hmm. Logan. I know Troy mm-hmm. has been. It's all about the chilaquiles there. They have tortas and stuff like that, but it's in an old streetcar, right, mm-hmm. Troy? That streetcar used to be like the the um, political um, outpost for Barrio Logan activity. Cool. Used to roam the streets and people used to do like shoe shines off the back and raise money for artists and didn't get political speeches and they parked it and redid it. Cool. It's really good. Really good chilaquiles. Great staff. Loved it. I sat outside with our dog. Highly recommend it. And very cheap. Second that one. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been our happy half hour. Go to SanDiegoMagazine.com for all the things we talked about. I didn't, I forgot to mention San Diego Magazine Insiders, SDMag.com slash Insiders. Come and join us. Uh, and thanks as always to our special guest, Mo Gurton. Thank you so much. Go to Appreciate Gossip it. Grill and check out that yes, Bette Midler's Disco Ball. <laughs> yes. See you guys. Bye-bye.